across the country by the National Indigenous Radio Service. We're heading out and about into those remote areas. Nice to have you along with us talking about empowerment and autonomy, which has very much been uh, Brian Wilkinson's strength out there in the big world over the last 30 years uh, with the public service being an advisor to the federal and state government. He is uh, now home in a leadership position with the Kimberley Land Council as their new CEO. He's also recently spent time with the WA Police Force, not as a policeman, but uh, working out strategies and best uh, how we can create uh, that uh, reconciliation of understanding between the police and Aboriginal people. More so, getting our gang into the police force is one of the main of uh, adjectives. Hello, Brian. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandy. Thanks for having me. Nice to finally meet you. <laughs> yes. Well, it was pretty hard to pin me down of late. I've hit the ground with plenty of work to do, but look, I'm glad to be here. I've been wanting to come here for quite a while. Yes, you have been running around and very much uh, getting amongst the issues quite quickly. In fact, uh, the experience you've got with... Uh, Autonomy, looking at leadership and empowering Aboriginal people, being out there for the last 30 years is, I suppose, what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, look, it was really rewarding work, uh, working within the Commonwealth Government uh, as a national manager for um, uh, uh, Centrelink and helping them uh, improve their services and actually their remote service outreach to, to the remote communities. I uh, was a national manager for Northern Australia at one stage, which included all NT, parts of Western Australia into the central deserts and across the Kimberley. And a big part of that job was uh, connecting people in the remote community to the services. And then I also had another role prior to that in, in state government uh, as the Chief Operating Officer for the Aboriginal Affairs Coordinating Committee and that was 10 Director Generals and two Commissioners and my job was to uh, really uh, report back to them, critically analyse how their service deliveries was going for Aboriginal people or not going and then report back to them for them to make changes. So, yeah, it, look, it's been a rewarding time. It's been a long time in government but... Uh, uh, to come back onto country and to lead them in the Kimberley on behalf of my own mob is the greatest honour and uh, and I'm really looking forward to the challenge. <laughs> you would have seen a few federal and state uh, uh, premiers or prime ministers come and go Yes, in the last 30 years. Yes. Look, they do come and go, but we Aboriginal people, we're here to stay, you know, and that's the challenge for Aboriginal people and uh, organisations is that they're constantly dealing with the, the cycle of government. 
And that's what I hope I bring to the Kimberley Land Council is uh, that insider knowledge of how the state and the Commonwealth work and how I can best represent the Kimberley Land Council and get the best outcomes out of government. I, I think it's a, a real benefit for the Land Council, somebody who knows how to navigate that bureaucracy of government. Which is very much what you've been working towards over the last 30 years. Brian, tell us about your history. Yeah, yeah look, um, uh, my family, we're Yaru and... Uh, the connections for Yarra go right back to the top of our connections uh, and the apicals is Fanny Edgar. My great-grandmother is uh, Polly Pedro and then my grandmother is Maggie Pedro and um, uh, she was married in your country in the Beagle Bay Church, my, my grandmother. And, uh, and then my father, it was a sort of pseudo sort of stolen generation for my grandmother to be hooked up with my grandfather who was a white Englishman uh, by the name of Wilkinson and she's Maggie Pedro, a Yarra woman. Um, the chief protector had the police and uh, she had to disassociate herself from natives so they decided to go to Perth where they could get their rights and uh, finally, in you, in reading the Chief Protector's point, one day a police officer went around and said, my grandmother had disassociated herself with um, Aboriginal people and so the plan was complete. And so although not like the true sense of a stolen generation where they ripped the kids away and took them to homes, there was a pseudo-stolen generation where policies actually pushed people away from country. So I'm back. I'm working closely with my uncle Gordon Marshall, the chair of CALAC. Um, he he is uh, taking me under the wing to learn me up on my culture, reconnect. Um, so for many Yaru people, they might not know much about me, but I'm one of these lost prodigal sons that's uh, come back. Part of it's leading Cal City. Other part is to learn my way back into my culture and my family. Brian, you were never lost. Uh, the water holes over the Kimberley and what we have here in Broome always keeps one uh, connected. Have you ever been to Broome as a youngster? Oh, um, yes, as a youngster. And I, I did a lot of work in Roeburn and came up frequently uh, in the 80s. Uh, I was there after uh, Mr Pat had passed away and did a lot of work in that community. Uh, and then uh, actually got to meet a lot of Beagle Bay and uh, Broom Mob through basketball. So as to bring the Yinjibani Mob up here to play the Yarrow Mob and uh, uh, basketball and that. And then also I've lived here a couple of times over in the past. <laughs> you mentioned you've hit the ground running and we know you have. It's just been mm. a crazy couple of months. Mm. And uh, sacred sites... Uh, uh, being destroyed yeah. around the country is uh, a topic that you've been lending your voice to with concerns here in the Kimberley. It's got to be one of the biggest concerns, not just for Kimberley Aboriginal people, but for all Aboriginal people right across the country and across the world. So, you know, recently I hooked up on a, a, a teleconference about a major mining company destroying Indian land in uh, America. Uh, we uh, have uh, in the Kimberley alone. We had the um, the, the granite mine site out of uh, Halls Creek at the destroyed country, and we're still working on compensation around that. Uh, 
Of course, you got Duke and Gorge. You have uh, uh, out of Newman. There was a BHP uh, announcement of destroying the sites, and then there's FMG just recently. Nearly every week, we keep on saying no means no, and um, but each week we keep on hearing, and and we keep on hearing the saying never again, never again. But it's like Groundhog Day. Every week, I hear of another story of sacred sites. So obviously the Heritage Act and the protections and all of those sorts of things are not working for us and for our sacred sites. So that's one of our primary uh, um, uh, focus areas is is around the destruction of heritage sites. And I've already had high-level meetings in Perth um, raising our concerns and suggesting ways forward uh, around the Heritage Protection Bill, the Aboriginal Heritage Bill that they currently have. Oh, that's quite an interesting start. Yes, yes. Yeah, look, it, it's a big concern. It, you, you know, it really, really does worry me. It doesn't seem like uh, it's uh, to keep on destroying sites and to keep on saying sorry doesn't bring those sites back. And so it's a major concern. Government and I, the newly elected government, where KLC be sitting down with them and really putting directly to them, you have a crisis around the destruction of Aboriginal heritage sites. You need to work with us, and particularly the native title rep bodies right across the whole state, and uh, and let's sit down and work out a solution on this. And so we think that there's a lot more work to do before they pass their heritage bill through Parliament. Mm-hmm. And to talk about uh, passing heritage bills, rumour has it that one of your directors, board members, could very much uh, take on a position in the upper house, the legislative uh, uh, council. Rosie Sahana, yeah. welcome news. Yes, it's great news. You know, front and centre, uh, uh, one of our KLC employees, uh, Davinia um, uh, Dianne, was that's obvious. She's made her way into the, to the lower house and is, uh, we're really proud of her. We're sad to lose her. It is really sad to lose her, but it's great to have her in the lower house. But the story not many people know about, and there is a really strong possibility they're still counting the votes on the upper house, uh, but we're very hopeful that Rosie Zahana, one of our board uh, directors for the KLC, and also I believe she works within the health system here in Broome, but to have her voice in the upper house and overseeing those bills that uh, uh, that maybe tried to push through Parliament is a, is a real uh, bonus for us. So we've got our fingers crossed. We're really hoping, and the, and the predictions are that it could end up well for Rosie and the Kimberley, but to have a Kimberley woman in the upper house is a great would be a great outcome for us. And the Legislative Council really is like our Senate, isn't it? Yes, it's our equivalent to the Senate, which Pat Dodson sits in uh, in Canberra. So they pass the rules. Yeah, well, uh, what happens is it goes through uh, the lower house and then finally to get through it must pass through the upper house. So to have those checks and balances there is is really, really good for us. Have you had a chance yet to, no doubt you would have, head around and really gauge with your staff out there from rangers to... Yeah. Uh, 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 
through to community members? Oh, yes, and it's probably why I haven't been here as yet, Sandy, with you, uh, although I could quite easily fill in my day, turn on the lights at KLC and turn off the lights at KLC, and I am so conscious that the one of the biggest feedback from the members is that we need to see you and the chair out uh, in the community, meeting the directors, meeting the members. And so uh, I've been disciplined uh, and really enjoyed uh, heading out. So, so far I've, I've been out to Fitzroy and Halls Creek and Kununurra several times, uh, learning what the issues are challenging them on the ground and what their expectations at KLC. And one of the surprising things that come out, you were talking later on about closing the gap, is many of our directors and uh, board representatives and even the members around the place are saying we want the KLC's leads not just in land, you know, it's great you get us land, but it's about uh, your advice on all of the social income, uh, social impacts that uh, happen to us around poverty, suicide, justice issues. And so they actually see a role for KLC to uh, advocate and uh, to lead on those issues as well which I found very interesting. It is, because when you think of it, land, is it's great, it's, mm. it's there. But how do we create that autonomy, the Aboriginal economy? Yes. And be healthy about it? Absolutely. And, you know, last week uh, we were in Kununurra and KLC organised uh, the Aboriginal Tourism Workshop in Kununurra. We had Ernie Dingo, Dingo there and Bart Pigram and uh, we had a lot of people who were interested in starting up in Aboriginal tourism. So this is a new part of what KLC does in Enterprise is we brought all the people with all the knowledge and then also the funding knowledge of where you can go to seek funding if you do have a good business idea. Uh, and that workshop was just absolutely well received uh, over two days. So I guess that's uh, just one example. But... I, the direction I'd like KLC to take them in is how can they work with the PVCs and communities and help them uh, prosper from their country but at the same time main, maintain their cultural heritage and connection to countries. I think the two can happen together and I think KLC uh, can have a greater role in building that capability for local areas to build their own self, uh, you know, sustainability, generate their own income, start to profit, prosper drive their way out of poverty. That's my dream for uh, our mob and the Kimberley. <laughs> Brian Wilkinson is our guest in uh, the studio today. He's the new CEO of the Kimberley Land Council, taking over the position that Nolan Hunter once held. How do you feel coming back home? Oh, you don't know you need to come back home till you really do come back home. And I can tell you uh, that feeling after having been in Canberra, been in Perth, sitting for an hour in traffic just to get to work and all of those issues and then uh, all the noise and claustrophobia of the city, I came back to Broome and it was just a massive sense of relief and belonging. So, you know, it feels great. Uh, I'm hoping through uh, Uncle Gordon and others that I can really start to connect with my own mob. It's, it's something, you know, I'm 57 years of age, but something, you know, you come to your life and you think, I have been missing, uh, but I want to reconnect and I want to get to know my family. I want to know my connections. 
I want to know my story. I, I guess, Sandy, you've seen this plenty of times before. I'm one of those people who've come back, but it, it's not like I can fly under the radar. I'm the CEO of KLC, so it's a pretty big, high-profile homecoming, really. It certainly is, and you've already really made that start by doing visits mm. around the Kimberley, even popping into these studios. It's been a pleasure meeting you, Brian. It's a pleasure meeting you. I hope we get to meet again and chat again. Well, don't worry. The lasso will be out. We'll get to talk to you quite regularly. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. It's up to Gabby here. <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Brian Wilkinson, who's the new CEO of uh, the Kimberley Land Council. Welcome home. Privileged to have him around.